Are you and your friends being attacked by unseen entities, a psychotic killer, or zombies, and you happen to be the only black person? If you've seen any horror movie before, you know you're going to die. Well, I have good news for you. It doesn't have to go down that way. The good people at NOPOC have created a new line of white face makeup to camouflage you from all categories of horror. Just smear on a healthy dollop of white face and those zombies won't know who to kill first. Just go to NOPOC.com slash HMT to get your bottle of white face for just sixteen nineteen. Order today to get a free sample of their Revirginator, the perfume that makes you smell like a virgin. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. always get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible wow that didn't sound good hey 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 folks <laughs> hey baby i'm bryce hansen i hold a phd in spook poopology poopology spook spoopology and I'm Dr. David Day. I hold a, uh, I'm the foremost expert in scare. No nos. And with our powers combined, we are Horror Movie Talk. Uh, Check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. There you'll find links to all the important things like social media. We also um, have links to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. We post new episodes every Wednesday. So if you like the episode and you're new check us out yeah also call us at our voicemail phone number we got six eight two two five three four four six eight or if you can't remember that long of a number just remember six eight two two five three four hmt and uh you know leave us a voicemail tell us what you're thinking about you know uh it, it occurs to me we're recording this pretty far ahead of time so <clears throat> As this is coming out, it's going to be getting closer to that, uh, to one of those, uh, Netflix party watching deals. Yeah. So we're going to try to do these Netflix parties the second Saturday, Saturday okay. of every month. So yeah. So I think the next one would be the 10th of October. Cool. Don't know what yet. We will. You got in or if you want to kind of help guide the uh, you know the choosing of what movie that will be. We'll probably be putting up a uh, a, a post on our Facebook group horror movie talk podcast group, and uh, and from there you can vote on what movie you want us to watch for the Netflix party. Netflix party is a is an application on your that you put put on. Uh, your browser that allow that just throws a chat box mm -hmm. next to uh, next to the movie that you're all watching and and it syncs the movie up for everyone. Yeah. So you're all watching the same thing at the same time. They also have it for Amazon now too. So it might be might be able to do that, but Amazon doesn't have any good horror. No. Like it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, they might in October though. Yeah. They try to step oh, it up yeah, in probably, October. Yeah. Okay, we've got a great show today. Today we're going to be talking about the brand new horror movie, Antebellum. And I was really excited to see this in the theater, and there's no such thing as theaters anymore, so we watched it at home. I was excited for this for a number of different reasons, and I can't say I'm disappointed necessarily. 
Right. I'm, I, I have feelings and they're not fully fleshed out yet. Right. So I'm excited to do this episode because I have a lot to work through. Yeah. Mostly, <laughs> mostly a lot of white guilt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting episode, I think, because there's lots to talk about. This film has gotten really poor ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, yeah, what the fuck is that? I like don't, I, I low, mean, low 30s and it's not, it's not, terrible it's not like a terrible no, movie it's not a bad movie i i can see being frustrated with it but right. you gotta step take a step back and look at it kind of a little objectively you know the way a reviewer right. is supposed to <laughs> right. um because i my knee-jerk reaction especially for the first quarter of this movie was kind of like okay all right but really because i thought well, we'll get in. We'll yeah, get yeah, into yeah, we'll it. get into it. Uh, if you're new to the show, we start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable, miserable dredge, where it makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film, so you can skip that part if you haven't seen it or think you're going to see it later. Pretty expensive to watch this fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, the the movie, the theater at home experience. Yeah. Because, like, there's this, yeah, there's this weird thing where people are so entitled now. That's true. That is true. Um, Yeah, it... People are so if a entitled movie costs and they $3.99 now to stream directly into my fucking room. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I maybe get it for free somewhere else. Right. Whereas, you know, uh, 15 years ago, there was only Hollywood video and Blockbuster. And it was like, I mean, even guess what? It's going to cost five bucks from there. But it was something about And then going you'll to the forget store. to take it back and you'll have to pay like. But I like that. I know. I mean, there's I, a physical aspect. To I it. would still like. I finally like stopped using Redbox because I craved that. It was like, oh yeah, I'll. It's a great deal because it's only like two bucks, but it's still like the rental experience, right? And then I always forget to take it back, right. like every time, and I end up paying like it's, six bucks. It's per something rental. in your lizard brain that tells you, oh, a physical thing that you hold is right. worth more than uh, <clears throat> it some really, digital thing. It really would be worth more if. They had like all the extras on those DVDs, but they stripped those out for the red box. Oh, that's kind of lame. lame. I had to hold back some vomit on that. (laughs) Someone mentioned. Well, we've we've had some (laughs) recent complaints about the belches Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a perennial problem, Um, and someone brought up the the point that we might have GERD, and you know they they might not be wrong. You're not terribly important to me. I don't care. So, uh, I don't know what that is gastrointestinal reflux disease. Yeah, sounds like a made-up thing. Uh-huh. Like peanut allergies <laughs> <laughs> and COVID nineteen. <laughs> Bunch. Whoa! Of... You can't say that shit. That'll get you taken off of iTunes. Oh yeah. No, we believe in COVID nineteen. Hundred percent. Stay safe. Just not. Peanut no, we allergies. do. We just wanted to make a funny joke. Yes. Jesus Christ, now everything's in question. Please, Ghost of Steve Jobs, don't take us off iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What do we got later in the so show? We're, we're going to talk about all that stuff later. Um, uh, later, we're going to be playing taglines, where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we review. And we're going to review, we're going to listen to our voicemail 
uh, in a segment I like to call horror movie. Horror. 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 Actually, I have my own today. Oh. Horror movie. Oh, uh, Horror. <laughs> that's what's this, it's Johnny that's Joey Pants Joey Pants and, and others from that's the Sopranos version again. this is the Sopranos version of Hua 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 Hoa's that last one really bangs it in there uh, okay um alright so let's uh talk about this movie we saw the new release, Antebellum, starring one of the most beautiful people in existence. She is... I'm talking, of course, about Gabourey Sidibe. She is transcendently beautiful. <laughs> I, I can't. Like, I don't have words. It's just she's shockingly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is the trailer. she is. Guess what? Daddy is going to get you to transfer school today. We are descendants of the gods. This land was always ours. But we must never relent. We're nowhere and everywhere. You're from Virginia, right? I can tell you're special. We are the future. You. You're not like the others. I'm coming! Whoever you were before, that's over. What are we doing? What is the plan? Yeah, I missed I missed Bryce's joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cuz I can't stop thinking about Janelle. Janelle Monet. Yeah, Janelle Monet is one of the most stunning human beings like ever. Like uh, she's like Not that not that who who did you mention? Gabourey Sidibe. Not that Gabourey isn't isn't beautiful. She's adorable. Yeah. But oh man. Yeah, Janelle Monet is like when you hear stories about like Helen of Troy and like people fighting an entire war because, you know, someone stole your hot girlfriend or wife. Like this is the girl. Uh, that, yeah, Janelle is... Monet would be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd get it. Like there there's just some people I know this is like, you know, objectifying women and whatnot. So there's some there's some people, and I'm not saying just women, there's some like men too. Oh yeah. That they 
their face is so pleasing to look at, you just don't want to not look at it. Yeah, Brad Pitt is... I mean, he's just a stunning man to look at. Right. You just... Man, in uh, in um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm shocked at how good he looks yeah. for how old he is. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. And, but, but Janelle is transcendently yeah. gorgeous. So for me, the people that jump to mind are Janelle Monet, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. She's very pretty. And, uh, um, what's her name? I'm just blanking on her name. Je- Jennifer Connolly. <clears throat> Jennifer Connolly is really gorgeous yeah. too. Um, uh, no, I was thinking of uh, the Wonder Woman. I can't remember what her name is. Oh, was. oh, oh. Um, yeah, I can't remember her name wow. either. That is... It starts with a G, I think. G- uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah. Um, yeah. supposed to say. Yeah, she's pretty stunning She's well. like, that was like, watching Wonder Woman and watching her, just yeah. like, ugh. It just like, <laughs> it just like, the, your gut has a it's, knot in it it's hard like, because it's like being punched over and over yeah. again it's like god damn so good looking yeah uh. <laughs> so who would be the male equivalent so we got brad pitt um you know i think uh this might this might just be me but i i doubt it uh what's what's his name from nightcrawler um jake gyllenhaal jake yeah i don't know I would say, um, oh, who is it? Um, what's his name from Benedict Cumberpatch? High School Musical. Uh, oh, oh, yes, yeah, that yeah, guy. Uh, yeah. He is absolutely one of those. What's his name? Guys. Wow, that's really early. I got no sleep. He has, that. he has a, um, he has a show on, on Netflix. Thank <laughs> girls. You can just turn it on, and and it's like, it's like you know how Baby Einstein draws the attention of every <laughs> baby in the room. <laughs> You know, you just turn on Baby Einstein and all the babies in the room are just like, uh... It's the same thing for, for his show. What's his name? Zac Efron. Yeah! That's yeah. who I'm talking about. Zac Efron. There's probably... So, uh, yeah, any of our women listeners, if you haven't turned us off by now, um, <laughs> send us a message on social media. Tell us who the uh, who the equivalent of Janelle Monet is um, on the male side of the gender spectrum. Look at that love white coloring. A tasteful thickness on it. Oh my god! It even has a watermark. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay, so Antebellum is available for rent as a theater at home release on many digital streaming platforms. What does that mean? So theater at home. So here's the thing: um, they spent a lot of move, a lot of money making movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And one of the ways they make money off of it is they put them in theaters and make people pay. A decent amount for a ticket. Yeah. Which is, in terms of, like, a theater experience, movie tickets are very cheap. Yeah. Like, have you ever gone to, like, a musical or an opera or, like, anything that, well, live performance is a different thing, obviously. Yeah. But, but like, if you're going out to do something... We need something to compare to here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like sixty, seventy dollars, maybe for like a cheap seat. Yeah, and uh, so they go to theaters, and and people now are like, ah, why would I ever do that? That's so expensive. I could just sit at home and watch Netflix. And so, since movie theaters are closed, they have all these movies backed up, and they're deciding to say like, okay, so we will just 
allow people to stream them into their own home, but sell it at movie theater ticket prices. Because they have a... And there's a blockage. Yeah. They have a blockage. So, in terms of, like, comparing it to a movie theater ticket for a date night, 20 bucks is very reasonable. Especially since you can watch it for 48 hours. Yeah. Like it's actually a... It is a higher value. Yeah, because you don't have to, you know, you don't have to just discreetly finger her. But the... <laughs> you can just get all up in that. Um, you don't have to wear pants, you know? Uh, good, the that's reality... A, that's a real good point, David. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Thank you. Yep. Uh, the... It's interesting, though, like seeing the marketing aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, this because is just once a you, marketing spin. Once you put it in a place where people are used to paying a certain price for the same type of product, like mm-hmm. you are just shooting yourself in the foot by changing things up. Because people are like, they're like, they're like up in arms about it. They're like, if you look at people like talking about Mulan on Disney Plus, like you need to pay. Dude, the, the outrage about all the different aspects of Mulan is astonishing. Yeah, and it's you basically look at it as like what what would you normally pay to see it right now in the theaters? Like what like yes, it it's worth more right now because it's new and no one's ever seen it. Um later when people have paid decent money, it'll be cheaper for all the cheap skits. Yeah, but don't you know they shot it in this particular region of China and so there's, there's human rights issues and it's not like I'm saying there aren't but also, which is it? If they'd have shot it here, you'd have been like, why don't you shoot in China in this particular region? What, you can't, it's appropriating a cult. And it's like, okay, well, how do we do this right? <laughs> What's the right thing to do? I don't know. Yeah. The answer is you got to be smarter than me. Anyways, a lot smarter than me. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to watch it soon, you got to pay 20 bucks to watch it at home. To rent. You don't get to buy it. I think you have GERD. Probably. Um, so it's pretty hard to give a synopsis of Annabellum without giving spoilers, uh, but I'll give it a shot. Um, Janelle Monet stars as Veronica Henley, a famous author and speaker on inclusion and women's empowerment living in modern society, who finds herself suddenly living as Eden an African-American slave in a Southern plantation. See, I would... I take issue with this synopsis already. I would... The way I would write this synopsis... You would start with Eden first. I would start with Eden first, but I would just draw a parallel between... I I wouldn't... Yeah, see... I would... They are two separate characters. I know... You know, I that's, know how, that's how I would do the synopsis for this. Sure. I'd say you have two well, separate yeah, people living she's in two, living as Eden. Like it's a two different times and they are they are played by the same person. They're played played by Janelle, but but they are in you know 200 years apart. Uh, okay. Thanks David. Uh so the this is actually like pretty similar to what the most of the other synopsis are are saying. Okay, um, and um, well, then they did a bad job. And African, uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. so Veronica is forced to deal with living as a powerless slave mm-hmm. while having the mind of a strong, independent twenty first century black woman. Veronica bides her time and submits to some of history's greatest horrors to 
pick the right time to make her escape and find her way back to her life. Yeah. Um, this one's really tough for me. The, the premise is really solid. Yeah. Like genuinely great. Yeah. And I think it's, I'm, I'm really glad that this movie got made. Like, I, I don't have any qualms about saying like, this should be out there. This should have been made. Um, uh, to set the everyday occurrences of the antebellum South in the U S as a horror movie is just a fantastic idea. Just like setting history or historical events as horror. Cause it's like this stuff really happened, you know, stuff like uh, see. And, and this is, this is something I knew we would get into. This didn't strike me as horror. A l- for a lot of it, most yeah. of it, the vast majority, except for the, you know, the obvious, I don't know, human rights issue, you know, treating people as objects and slaves and this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty horrible. I mean, why shouldn't it be considered horror, though? Like, it's it's literally like. Why should it? It's like the same thing as Saw. It's like you, you, <laughs> you like, uh imprison people in situations that they don't want to be the, and no force argument. them to no do argument here horrible but, things but but there's going to be a lot of people there's going to be a lot of people who are like this isn't horror this is not horror and i mean there's a strong argument to be made for both i think uh i i do uh whether or not one is true or the other is kind of a subjective thing uh, and and dependent on your ability to feel empathy for others right. entirely, right? You yeah. know, um, if if your idea of of horror is just uh, is just Jason rampaging through a camp count series of camp counselors, this might not be this might not make your cut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even then, it's like Cause if you have if you have horror movies about serial killers, or it's like yes, this is a real thing. Um, it's not like supernatural or anything. It's just like, this is a real occurrence that happens, but you set it in a genre content. Right. Context. And like, that's like Friday the 13th one. (laughs) Um, so I I think it, I genuinely think this is, this hasn't been done before. Um, and it's a fantastic way to address like this historical atrocity. The trailer is, pretty misleading though and i feel it really undercut the film by suggesting a much more interesting plot device than was actually used in the film um this is intentional i think because it also suggests is suggested by the narrative structure of the first act um i could see how audience audiences could feel a bit of a bait and switch if you go into this expecting kind of like a complicated esoteric time travely um like multiple dimensions or like even just like a get out slash us type premise i don't think that you're gonna be happy it that's how it struck me it this movie i experienced this movie as that yeah, the things you described. I mean, that's. I think it's intentional because the way they structured the narrative 
it's obviously like, intentional is yeah. trying to do that. And the trailer is definitely trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's how it struck me. Like I didn't watch the trailer ahead of time. Um, uh, I'm sure you've seen the trailer. I mean, it's been in the before new releases. Maybe several times, maybe, but I, I have, I have no recollection of the trailer. Okay. Um, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, it did strike me as the thing that you're describing it yeah. like not being necessarily. And I think, what they do decide to do might elicit audible groans from some people <laughs> and it wouldn't necessarily be unwarranted. Yeah. But they're, they're not necessarily wrong, but also <laughs> the devices are solid. The devices they used in this are right. solid. Right. And I, I did I, enjoy it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you, this is not the movie I expected. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the movie that I expected, but it is, it is a complete package and it does a particular thing, um, you know, competently, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. It really, this is a weird one because I say that I like being gaslit uh-huh. and this movie did that really well, uh-huh. but to an extent that I almost disliked it for it. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's what people are reacting with is, it messed with them. It manipulated them in a way that they d- didn't necessarily expect, which a lot of times is good in movies. Uh-huh. But the way, or maybe it's the subject matter, the all of the the very serious, um, you know. Um, I think when I read the reviews that are not favorable on Rotten Tomatoes, most of them are like. They were expecting a better movie, or they they recognized that the subject matter was great, and like the idea put out by the movie was a good one, but they just didn't deliver on it. I don't. Well I think enough. they did. This is the thing. I think it delivered on it in a way. I, I think it, you were expecting a curveball to the right, and you got a curveball to the left. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and you're you're just like oh, you're all switched up. Right. And uh, yeah, I. I and I felt that way too, but I had to take a step back from that and look at it, examine my emotions again and go, wait a minute. Yeah. How, how did it, how did this, did the, cause this did something to me. Right. It, it really fucked me around and I appreciate it for it. Yeah. It, it did take skill to do that. Yeah. So the movie doesn't have, uh, you know, it, it has a share of problems. So the writing, the writing does not have any nuance. Like, at all it's yeah. not it's not nuanced and many yeah. of the cr- characters especially the white characters except for one yeah. are caricatures of just overt racism right um the cast is really good and does what it can for the film but overall um the film squanders the opportunity to explore its horrific premise a lot of the characters in this are extremely one-dimensional yeah on in in every way you can imagine. Yeah, even even the protagonist is kind of like pretty two-dimensional. It's like it just sets it up like this is the type of person she is. And then here's the situation she's put in. She doesn't like it. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like okay. <laughs> you know. There's yeah. not there's not extreme stakes other than like she was put in a very shitty situation and, and needs to get out of it. But there's not really like anything really deeper than that. 
I mean, she's got a family to go back to, but it's not like there's anything. It, it I don't know. The stakes seemed impressive to me. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the stakes are there, but like the personal stakes, it's not her buy-in. Yeah, her character's buy-in. Yeah, you could have put in any. Yeah, I guess. Um, really, my my real critique of the characters is that a lot of them have lack lack depth. Yeah. Um, but um, but I can kind of see I can kind of see past it. Um, it doesn't it doesn't bother me to. It bothered me for the first quarter of the movie, and then kind of once I got into the flow of it, it stopped bothering me. It, I, I was like, this isn't this isn't a character development movie. This is a right. This is some some uh, sort of. This is like a setup, switch up, right? Some sort twist. of mind fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so for these reasons, I think the film will be a big disappointment for those expecting a film of the caliber of Get Out or Us, which obviously, like this film, would not have gotten made without the success of those. I of think Jordan this Peele's is. Movies. I think this is on par with Us. I, I but I didn't think tremendously of Us. Um, get out. No, this does not. I think this does not achieve levels of get out. I think, I mean, even with us, I think there's more depth there. There's more like. There's perceived depth. There's forced depth. There's a lot of, you know, uh, intentional nuance that is, you know, sma- smashed into it, but right, it's not well, done as skillfully as get out. Yeah, you don't have a hugely high opinion of us. Um, Re- I gave it a seven. Reviews have not been kind for Antebellum. It's in the low 30s on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, what I can say is that it's not that bad. Um, while this is not the film that I expected, it's still a very intriguing concept that is told in a passable way, even if it's not the route I would have chosen. It genuinely portrays the horrors of the Antebellum South in a genre fashion, and that is really what is holding together the movie more than anything. We should mention the definition of the word antebellum is means pre-Civil War South. Yeah, before war. Like you can you can say it for any time frame, but like, yeah, usually it's referring to before the Civil War in the U.S. Right. Um, So it's referring to a time period and place. mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, what's your score for this? So I am giving it right down the center a five out of ten. And so I I enjoyed this. I don't know. I think I I, I was really, really I was really angry at the start of this. Yeah. Like I was I felt I, I, like particularly at the like the one dimensional characters who didn't have much to say and were very stereotypical and mm-hmm. you could just you could just guess exactly what they were going to say. But I really once it ended, I went I, I like I really stepped back and was like, how did this affect me? And it right. affected me pretty. Pretty well. I think it's. I think it's a memorable movie. Yeah. I think I'll think about it. Like especially when I think of like black horror movies. Like this is definitely deserves to be like at the top of mind just for the subject matter. The real issues that I have with this movie are the whole cloth stealing <laughs> of, uh, of concepts. Yeah. Of of, uh, of other horror movies of other horror movies or thrillers that the whole didn't... cloth ripping <laughs> just directly like zero effort ripping of these these very these 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 uh, mechanics that work very well 
Well, I don't know. That I think in the movie that I'm thinking of, it did not work well. People did not respond to it well. See, and that's and but that's just like their opinion, man. You right. know, like to me, to the, you, it worked. It worked. Fucking like it blew me away. Yeah, I like the movie that you're referring to. Yeah, it as was well. very Hitchcockian and very Twilight Zone esque. Well, it's very, very much like a certain modern director <laughs> that <laughs> is not. So not thoroughly respected anymore. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't do yeah. not get it. Anyways, um, I I mean for me it's it's I really really like the premise. I really liked like even like the the um, the plot devices that hmm. they used. I think it's it's a well you know thought out idea. But in terms of like a movie, in terms of like character development or writing or like some of the other you know kind of developing development kind of things that kind of build the depth of the movie yeah that's not there and so it's i can't i can't really give it above a five because of that i think for me my my enjoyment of picking apart what happened to me during watching it um and looking back at how it messed me up in my head while watching it, uh, warrants, I, I'd say this is, this sits about where us does for me, which is a, a, a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I genuinely, I like, I like this. And one BR did a very similar thing, yeah. which was, it pulled the rug out from under you several times, uh-huh. and then, and then you were like, "What? Wait a minute! What? What's hap? What's happening?" And I just kept, I just kept want the mystery of the thing was impressive to me. So right? Yeah, I liked it. So yeah, that's our take. Um, let's talk about ourselves and our sponsors for a little bit. Um, if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, again, our number is six eight two. Two five three four four six eight. Um, if you want to support the show, there's several ways you can do it. Um, probably the most direct way is join our Patreon, which isn't just giving us money, yeah, but it's get- also like we give you extra content um, that people seem to enjoy. Like we have a whole extra podcast called The Afterpod, where we leave the mics running and talk about stuff outside of horror movies and stuff happening to us and. I'll tell you what, our lives this year have been pretty dramatic. Impressive. <laughs> so. Very nice. It's been uh, impressive. Also, other perks are you can um, submit and vote for um, our patron selection every month. Um, so Which there's lots, a- of, lots of different tiers to check out. Um, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk. Um, also, we have a swag shop on our website, horrormovietalk.com. Um, go to the shop section, and there you can buy uh, Horror Movie Talk logo tees. You've got lots of cool stickers, some of them designed by Dustin Goble. Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, this is a free show, you know, that we, we, we put this on every week just for free. And so any way you can support us, we, we certainly do appreciate it because, um, you know, we'd like to grow and get big and be able to do cool things like buy video cameras and set up our mm-hmm. studio to make it look like it's not just two guys in their pajamas, mm-hmm. um, farting and burping so yes. that you actually get to see the farts and burps. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
and, I mean, and other things, you know, you know, um, we want to bring you stuff that no one's asking for, like our ugly mugs. Yeah. So, um, you can also support the podcast by buying anything on Amazon that includes movie rentals. If you click through the green button in the banner in the header of our website at horrormovietalk.com, we just get a little taste of uh, whatever you buy from Amazon. Yeah, make sure you check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who fucks so goddamn hard that his dick turned Teflon. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans, so make sure you contact him at dgoble 0 That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. Man, some of the customized artwork that he's done for fans has been... Off the hook, cool. Like I can't get over the Cannibal the Musical one. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Just a that's like that's like eighties movie poster level. Uh huh. Brilliant. Yeah, he's a uh, he's awesome. We love Dustin. Um, Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it. Let's make sure to eat. Uh, speaking eat of up. speaking of uh, artwork, did you get anything in the mail from Carson? I don't know. I don't think I did. One of our listeners, Carson. Whoa! Sent a fan. Wow, that is super cool. Fan art. So she sent a... Um, Linda Blair. Linda Blair, like a representation of uh, Linda Blair and the Exorcist. How did you receive that? On their, your doorstep? I, <laughs> actually, I didn't... Uh, sometimes I blank. I gave her my mom's address for some reason. My mom was like, hey, you got a package here dude that's awesome yeah so carson thanks for sending this out your mom opened that up and was like jesus christ (laughs) no she it was it was sent to me but uh yeah sometimes i like what's your address and somehow i still like spout off my parents address real mama's boy which is weird um but yeah it's a really cool uh that's beautiful picture we'll we'll post a picture on social media yeah thank you carson Carson. i can't wait to put that in our uh in our studio that we that no one gets to see. Uh-huh. <laughs> For good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm surrounded by Bryce's dirty clothes. This is where I work. Those are clean clothes. I, I just never fold or hang up anything. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, let's get into spoilers. Let's do it. Let's. Boilers. Ready. Alright. Is that what I think it is? Have we got corn? <laughs> you sent me a link. You found him. You yeah, found his website. You yeah. found the Drain Addict's website. Ollie and Ratty. We're not going to dox him, uh, but uh, he does have a website. It's a nice website. Uh-huh. Um, it's really interesting seeing like the professional version of it because yeah. he's got yeah he's got some videos on the website that are like from the Drain Addict channel, yeah. but it's specifically to show like early early Drain Addict. This is what Bef- I can do, and before he morphed into <laughs> what he is now, there's one that's really fascinating. It's like watching Buffalo Bill, Did you, you know, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, did you watch any of those videos that he has on his website? There was one where... Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like a see-through 
pipe. Yeah. It's like a see-through tube. And he stuffed it with, like, cabbage and raw, like, whole chickens. <laughs> I didn't watch that one. It's awesome. And then he sends his, like, jet sprayer up it. And you get to see it just annihilate all these, like, all this blockage. It's pretty thick. Um, is that the only one I have? I don't, I guess I don't have many, uh... Oh, I got you covered. I got you covered. It's a blockage. We need a blockage. When I hear that sound, I know I'm gonna have a good time. It's the dulcet tones of Drain Addict. Yeah, if if you're not familiar, this is a channel on YouTube called Drain Addict, where you get to see poop, a lot of it, other people's, and it, and, and high pressure water... Being just annihilating that poop and and uh, and liquefying it, but not just liquefying it, also aerosolizing it. Right, you know. So and he the- just was wearing shorts and a short sleeve t shirt with like, just like you know, medical latex gloves. I've been trying for months to get Ollie on the show, and he ignores me when I message him. So we do need you guys to head on over to Drain Addict on YouTube and... Well, now you got you got the official website. You could go and just, like, actually call him or... I, I, I keep thinking about calling him, and I keep thinking back to the Simpsons episode where Bart calls Australia, <laughs> and they have that... And they have that monumental uh, phone bill, and I don't know if that's still how it is. You know, does, does it cost a tremendous amount to call Australia? I guess I could call him from, like, a Google... Voice number yeah. and I avoid feel like the long distance. I feel like with uh, cell phones, long distance like isn't a thing anymore. Like yeah, I, d- I don't know. You know, like yeah. I don't know. But but and then did you know that same episode or was the originator for the word dollary dues? Really? Yes. And then uh, not not <laughs> long ago in like 2015, Australia had a real serious vote the country to change the official name of their currency to dollary dues <laughs> dollary dues and they didn't pass but if you notice on bluey on mm-hmm. a, on one of our favorite kids shows that we watch with our kids all the time they say dollary dues when they refer to money uh-huh so i'm all messed up about anyway so australia we love you tell us more about yourself and get a hold of ollie for us yeah why is is Australia just like the funnest English speaking country? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, they just seem to have like just the funnest sensibilities. Yeah. Just it's cultural sensibility. It's like uh, it's like a whole country of Texans that uh, of that that ha- that have a real sense of humor about themselves. Uh-huh. You know, right. That really have a sense of humor about themselves. Right. It's like it's like British Texans. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um okay. So I talked about the trailer, the, the expectations that the trailer said. I got to start out with this cuz it set the stage for what I expected going into this movie. And there's one thing in particular, or there's two things in particular in the trailer that are like this is setting up one particular thing of like a crossover of time of like time periods because mm-hmm. it shows a couple things like and and in the trailer that we played the audio of it it does okay three things actually one um it shows janelle monet looking down like the hallway of like a modern 
hotel. And at the end is this like little girl in like antebellum, like attire, hoop, hoop skirt kind of stuff. Not hoop skirts, but I mean, like, yeah, she's the, dressed up old school. Yeah. So it looks like out of place, um, anachronistic in the terms, in like the sense of you're seeing a ghost kind of thing. Second one is she's out on the town with her friends and they almost get run over by like a horse and carriage. Like a. Yeah. Yeah. And so it looks like, oh, you know, where did that come from? That's also anachronistic. And then it shows another scene. And this is the one that really is like they were trying to set up a concept that was not in the film was it shows the the slaves in the cotton field looking up and seeing a plane fly in the sky and then for a split second it disappears and then comes back ah ah we've narrowed it down so it's it's these it the trailer shows like oh you know something's messing with the space-time continuum and like this lady is caught in the middle of it and she's going back and forth between two well to like a historical relative or something like that and that that's like the sci-fi slash star trek premise that you're assuming it's gonna be well i have a devil's advocate um thing to suggest um so i mean technically the movie comes off basically says slavery still exists today and you're just not looking for it in the right places and uh, so how far are we from where you suppose we are you know are we that far off from the antebellum south no is what this movie says and it, slavery exists today and uh racism is is still alive and kicking and uh is this really the future yes and also no yeah i mean it it opens with a quote from william faulkner that says the past is never dead it's not even past right so yeah even that is like setting up like there's lots of movies that play with time like that where it's like um, you don't really know what's going on because people are jumping back and forth through time or interacting through mm. time yeah. um, in unnatural ways. And you can do that in movies. Cause You're hung up on the physical aspect of jumping back and forth in time, whereas this is really I'm, well, my, no, I'm, my devil's advocate view of this is that this is a conceptual, uh, well, ideological jump. Yes, both, both of those. I mean, both like the way that they did it and the way that I was expecting would have accomplished that as well. Mm. Like that's you can do it both ways. But I mean, it seems very intentional that that's how they formatted the trailer, especially that plain one was like, okay, that you're specifically trying to say something is in the movie that's not that that scene is not in the movie. Well, the scene is not in the movie. It kind of is. Um they see a plane, but it doesn't disappear and reappear. Right. Is, is the thing. Right. No. And that's where the kind of the conceptual conceptualization of, I mean, that editing does accomplish the, or does achieve the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So what, in what really happens is much more simpler than that. It's nothing about space time continuum. It's just setting up expectations for what's happening and then, and then uh, subverting 
those expectations at the end. Mm-hmm. We could we could say it right now what yeah. it, what it actually is. Sure. So what what happens is it starts out with Eden, this black. This is slave. a big spoiler, by the way. Yeah. So this is if the, you haven't seen the movie and want to, this is this is worth turning off. Yeah. This is the big spoiler of the movie. So it starts out with Eden. She's a black slave on this plantation. Why she got to be black? <laughs> there were white slaves too. Um, they're jokes. <laughs> they set it up to where, um, I mean, it's, it's set up to make you believe, yeah, this is antebellum South. This is a historical, um, yeah. story plantation slaves. And it stays there for a long time. It stays there for 42 minutes yeah. before anything else is shown. Does other it than, really? Yeah. It's forever. The yeah. first act is really long. Um, so yeah, for 40, I think I wrote it down. Was it 42 or it might have been 48? No, 38 minutes. 38 minutes before it switches to quote unquote modern times. Mm-hmm. So it's starts out with this woman played by, um, Janelle. Janelle, um, named Eden, and they make it a whole point to, like, say your name, you know, very much like Roots, um, Akunte Kinte moment of, like, no, this is your slave name kind of thing. And, uh, it goes, shows these horrific, horrific circumstances of, you know, physical slavery and, like, sexual slavery and, um, just awful, which stuff... Like this actually exists. Yeah, it existed back then. It was a very uh, Tarantino esque version of uh, of of what what slavery might have been and may well have been. I don't know, but that is to say, extremely hyped up, like on steroids, um, very very hateful. Um, There was no normal life feel about this at all. It was all. Pure fucking hatred every second. Yeah. It was like white people fucking hate these and want to, and want nothing more than to and to destroy their lives and crush their souls in a garbage crusher. You know, like um, yeah, I, and I very think, fiery hatred and anger. Yeah, and I think the the way they structure the premise of that does make sense in the world because they say. Um, yeah, they set it up to, to, to work. They set it up to say, like, this is not just any plantation. This is, like, a reformer plantation. Right, right. So, like, this is where you send your problem slaves or something like that is, is the sense that you get. And they're super strict to the point of they say you cannot talk yeah. unless spoken to, not even amongst yourselves. Right. Like, there's no talking. So it's, like, the strictest version of of a plantation yeah. is is what it says. So that's why like you're dealing with uber racists here, yeah. you know. <laughs> um and then um at about 38 minutes I can't imagine having that much energy around much. You know, having that much like seething energy around it just seems like I get tired need to nap a lot. Yeah, me personally, yeah, but I see it every day. Oh, yeah. That kind of seething hatred. I mean, just like watch any video about people yelling about having to wear a mask. Yeah. Um, it's like it's all about. Yeah, but like, you got to figure those people. I mean, that's that's the, a moment in time for those people that is 
that's unique. <laughs> they're not they're not sitting in their armchair. You know, this is the same concept as most mostly <laughs> mostly peaceful, right? Right. <laughs> you know, the, the mostly peaceful riots. Yeah, the murder scene was mostly peaceful except for a brief 2-minute period where a woman was stabbed to death. Um yeah, I think I mean, it's the same kind of deal. It's like defending an ideology or like feeling attacked. Your your worldview attacked is like when people get really extreme with right. their reactions. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and I mean, look to to this movie's point. Like, you need you need a good guy, you need a bad guy, you need it to come across strong, right? And this fucking achieves it. Like, yeah. it's like, whoo. Yeah, these woo-hoo. are these are definitely monsters. Um, and okay, so then it it hops. To modern times, quote unquote, and Janelle Monet is playing a character named Veronica something starts with an H, and she's you know living with her family. She's got a husband and a daughter. She's a successful um, speaker and author around um, black issues, like yeah, in, um, uh, what's it called? It's not integration. It's um, I, I had it written on something before. Anyways, uh, lots of women. That's Bryce's brain. Women empowerment talk. Um, she gets up and like this is not super subtle either. She like gets up and gives a talk about, you know, it's our time now. Us black, powerful women. It's our turn. Is and that what she says? That's like basically the speech and that's all that the speech is she was pretty eloquent in the way she said it it wasn't quite that (laughs) it was (laughs) yeah i mean she said it better she's an actress but uh yeah so basically it sets that up and then there's some fucky things that happen like she's delivered some flowers mysteriously and then like there's lots of really overtly racist people especially this super racist Woman that calls her on a video conference, uh, played by Jenna Malone. Wow, Jenna, Jenna Malone was in Contact. Yeah, she was the she was the little holy shit girl in Contact. Was that ninety seven? Jesus Christ! I, man, she's had a long career. Yeah, she was in all the Hunger Games movies. Um. Anyways, she was. I mean, really interesting. This first time you see Jenna Malone in that kind of character. But, like, super, like... The ruins. That's where I remember Jenna Malone from the most, is the ruins. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, she plays the, like, plantation master's wife back in the, you know, quote-unquote, olden times. She's a real bitch. And she's a real bitch. And and then in the modern time, she's a real bitch. Uh, (laughs) She's like... Doing all, like, the super passive-aggressive white people saying, so, like, oh, you are so eloquent, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're so well-spoken. How impressive for you to be able to say words that are good. Yeah. Look at how you talk good. And then it goes on, and it's not really super important what happens in modern times. She's living, like, a regular life. She goes out with with her girlfriends and has a night on the town, and then she suddenly gets kidnapped, Janelle does. Yeah. Janelle does by um by Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone. Yeah. And it's revealed that this is not a time travel thing. 
They although the whole movie goes into great. I mean, it's not even revealed then, really. I mean, right? It's not it's, revealed until much later. V- until the very end of the movie, it's not revealed. So. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it I depends think it, on how perceptive you are and how and how right. good your ability is to to do. Because it had me fooled the whole way through, and I. Well, the thing that yeah, it could still be time travel, but it starts like I thought. I the thought there act- was a psychedelic thing going on. Mm-hmm. I thought there was some sort of like I wasn't sure. I was like, why do they have cell phones? Right. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, and I she's, kept getting she's, more and more like invested in like because I really wanted to be invested in the movie, and so yeah. I really made an effort to like sit to be like to like claw into the like I'm strapped into the moment, right? And and I just kept getting like fucked around. Yeah, so they kidnap her, and then all of a sudden we're back at the plantation with Eden, mm-hmm. and it's after the events of the first act. Yeah, like this is um, it's the same character um, right. that we saw in the first act but we now know that it's actually veronica um it's the same character there's not two different characters it's janelle monet's character f- veronica being forced to say she's eden yes well then, kind of th- it wasn't immediately clear to me it, so, it was like Okay, yeah, it was like, is there a psychedelic thing going on? Is 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 yeah. she reliving the past of 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 one of her ancestors? Is she having dreams? Because there's right. a strong dream element of this of her like waking up and being like, it happened again. I had that fucking dream again. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, is she just dream? Is this all a dream? Like, yeah. So like when she wakes up and see, it's a it's a it's a mind fuck because it's uh they're being tricky because. When she woke up and said, oh, I had that dream again, she's not talking about what just happened. She's right. like, had some dream. Some dream, yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, once she gets kidnapped and taken back and, and we're in the third act, like, the plantation owner all of a sudden has, like, an iPhone. Yeah. And th- he's talking on it, but it's still, like, the old plantation, like, southern drawl guy talking. And then, so it's it starts becoming apparent that, like, at the very least, they have modern technology there if this is the past. And then by the end, it's revealed that, no, this is actually not the past. This is a recreation. A modern day, like, summer camp for racists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a Civil War reenactment. And there's, like, an actual Civil War reenactment going on, like a battle going on is that a raincoat? pretty close and you, and you hear it in the first act like yeah. the war going on in the distance yeah like oh yeah listen to all the rebels you know hooting tramp- and hollering tramping along into victory throwing out a big hoot nanny and uh and then this plantation is like right next like a couple miles away from this battle reenactment and mm-hmm. it's this full-on civil war era uh, cosplay uh, Southern Plantation slash prison for black people. Right. So it's the uh, the modern day cosplay with forced labor from uppity black people. And lots of rape. Lots of rape. Lots, lots of, of rape. Lots of violence. Yeah, there was some, I mean, there was some, uh, there was some cool concepts that work on a number of levels mm-hmm. um which like one of the things that you have written down in your uh you know in your points here is 
they're burning the cotton that they're picking, but why? Yeah. You know? So at the, at the start of the movie, they're picking cotton, um, you know, like slaves in the South did, and, uh, and they have it piled up in piles, and they're burning it for some reason. And, uh, you know, it works on a symbolic level of like, oh, this is like, this is all pointless. This is all pointless, right? This is meant to, demoralize you to dehumanize you to take your even the the fruits of your labor and make them worthless right um but also once you realize what the movie is this is a recreation this is a, a summer camp for racists they don't have any use for this cotton right they just burn it because what are they going to do with a bunch of fucking cotton yeah you got yeah, yeah. so so that's where the horror, I mean, the horror element was there the whole time for me because I have empathy for, you know, historical slaves. Uh, no, I do too. Uh, but the, the real horror is like the reveal of like, no, these are, yeah, this is not like society of the time. This is forced like slavery of modern day people. Yes. And that is, horrifying and imagine like it's horrifying but is it horror you know yes yeah i mean eh. Eh. i mean is it horror yes absolutely it's horror oh okay so like so then seven is a is a shoe-in for for being horror because mm. you know i mean you know making a guy cut cut pieces of his uh, pieces of his fat off of his own body i mean that's that's pretty horrible yeah, right. but it doesn't it doesn't show it, so it's not that horrible. Uh, it's 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 about it's it's shown in in as is a shocking a brutal way as I can imagine. So I mean, it's the difference between like uh, uh, Twelve Years a Slave and this movie. Is Twelve Years a Slave a horror movie? No, it depicted the same things, but the difference is this was told in a genre format use the the tropes of the genre yeah, which but, is like but horrible things happening does not constitute horror i know that's what that's exactly what i'm saying like the same things happen in this movie as happened in 12 years a slave they're horrible things but 12 years a slave is not a horror movie and how is this because it uses the genre tropes of horror movies to show like such as just having like a real, real, um, direct one dimensional villain that is inflicting pain specifically on the protagonist, um, in a like horrifying way. I don't know. So it's, Robocop 2 is a horror movie and Lethal Weapon is a horror movie. No, I mean, I just, mm, they do that. They both do that. You know, I, mean, I, could, this, I could do a full breakdown of why, of like the genre tropes that they used in the first act. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just using your flavor of argument to be to throw back at you because I'm I'm no because I'm using the same argument I made for seven. Yes, I in am. this context, and I'm still right. Well, you're not. I mean, you're not doing a very good job of ma making your point. Well, I see. I understand that you don't understand my point, but I understand. The same I point. understand your point, but. By by your definition, Lethal Weapon, RoboCop Two, horrible horrible one dimensional characters doing really horrible things to people, but it doesn't make it a horror movie. These are genre tropes. 
Well, I mean, I can't. I'll, I understand you don't I understand an, my argument. I haven't un- outlined every genre trope that they use, but they it's a certain perspective and style that they used to align it with the horror genre that those other movies did not make attempts to do. Mm, I I don't think so. I I don't I just don't agree. It's not that I don't believe that this isn't horror. I do. I think that this is horror. Uh-huh. I just think that that's a weak argument. Well, why is it horror then? I think b- because because it was genuinely scary. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the <laughs> I mean that's the horror trope that I'm talking about. Like the the intent is to be scary and primarily scary and horrifying, not to use a horrific scene to tell a dramatic story or to tell but they, an action they're not story they're story. not mutually exclusive no they're not right but if you're talking about like there's lots of different ways to classify a movie and you have to choose one as the primary like what you would look at is like what's the intent of like how are they telling the story and what what um techniques are they favoring Mm. And in seven, I mean, we already had we already had this discussion ad nauseum in seven. Yeah. But in seven, it's like I techniques. Shouldn't, that, I shouldn't have opened this back the up. The techniques that they use was mostly to tell a dramatic story mm. or to tell a mystery, mm. not to emphasize the the horror and the terror of the people that are victimized. I mean, and that's where you're wrong, kiddo. <laughs> You know, because it's like, because it's like Brad Pitt. That's the ultimate horror to me. The end well, yeah, of the at movie. the at the end of the movie, yes. But that's you know, the last two minutes do not make do not a so horror. So next make. up on our review of second review of seven. <laughs> sorry. So anyways, so I'm like, sorry for de- for derailing. This. So that's the that's like the whole premise of this movie, which is the same premise as. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening to you. I was reading Cracker Ass Cracker on your page. <laughs> <laughs> I see what your opinion of me is now. Um, no, so I mean, you're you're referring to like this stole whole cloth from oh another movie, yes, which was uh, which was um, uh, the village. Yeah, whole cloth. Yeah, this is very right out of the, this is the, this is this is the village. Yeah, this is a straight M Night Shyamalan Shyamalan Ding Dong plot, mm-hmm. like to the point where I wouldn't if it said M Night Shyamalan on this, I would not be surprised in the least. If they didn't take M. Night out to dinner and tell him, like, <laughs> hey, you know, we're going to be basically ripping your movie off 100% and repackaging it, but, like, to, but, like, with, like... One or two, like, main differences. Yeah, a couple big differences, and mainly with the intent of showing that America is still very racist, um, was racist, was founded on racism, and is still very racist now, blah, 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 blah. If he didn't get a dinner out of this, uh, he is owed one. <laughs> right. <laughs> because this movie is The Village, which is a, cool, in my opinion, I love The What did you think of The Village? See, this is the thing, like... I really liked it too, and I remember hearing people hated it. Like, like, why? And I was in a unique situation where I was on my mission for the two years that, like, all the hype mm. and the release happened. So I had not seen a trailer. I had not like 
I knew of the village coming up when I left. Um, like I knew that it was getting made, but I didn't hear anything about it. And then I watched it and I was like, huh, that's pretty great. Yeah. I, I thought it was really well made. Yeah, me too. And it too. was a cool, cool, I mean, out of like the um, arbitrary M. Night Shyamalan twist endings, that was one of the better ones. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, It was great. And this like movie... Like, Signs, the twist ending in Shines, like, made me groan so much. I'm in like, signs. this is so lame. I, I don't... You know, I mean, look. Here's here's the thing. Like, he, he's a good storyteller. Right. And regardless of whatever the twist is, I mean... Yeah, you need the you need the twist to make sense for people, or they need to be bought into it in order for it to work. But the movie's still good, whether or not I even like I even liked the twist ending on Science. I did. Yeah, like it doesn't bother me. Like I, there's a, and it comes down to I think probably your ability to suspend willingly suspend your disbelief, right. you right. know, and just be like, okay, fine. Yeah, it's the most to me. I mean, I haven't seen all of Shyamalan's movies, but it's the most artificially created ending with mm. signs of like, we added, we like shoved in this like B storyline flashback specifically to say water bad. <laughs> like, that's it. It's like specifically to say like to give instruction no, on a, how to it's kill a, the aliens. It's a, it's a very War of the Worlds twist. It's very, very, very. Yeah, but specifically, like, shoving in the flashback where the dying mother says, swing away. It's like, so she knew this was going to happen? No, uh, those are just random neurons in her brain firing uh as she was dying. And it just happened to coincide with his, you know, I don't know. You know, or they could have just had Mel Gibson say, swing away, Meryl. And then they would accomplish the same thing. I have... Yeah, but that wouldn't have been mystical. Yeah, sure. How how will you accomplish the mysticism? <laughs> Just made me roll my eyes. Okay. Anyway, so that that premise is actually really good, and I think, um, like I said, it's not what I expected, and I think it would have been more interesting doing it like the kind of like time space continuum fuckiness. But that's a lot more difficult. Oh, yeah. And a lot more difficult to pull off. And I don't think these writers could have pulled it off. Whoa. Because the writing was not that great. Well, they they couldn't have pulled it off because they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) They chose not to. Um, But you know what? It made me angry at first. I was like, they just just ripped off the village 100%. Whole cloth. Just totally ripped it. And then I was kind of like, yeah, but I really liked the village. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that mechanic works. And who's to say he didn't rip that off from some Alfred Hitchcock movie that I've never seen or yeah. that Alfred Hitch. You know, there are no new stories or anything like that. And to be fair, it's been 20 years since the village came out. So I don't know. Like, uh it's not like you're not allowed to reuse tropes <laughs> or uh or mechanics. You are. And so that's kind of brought me full circle on my opinion of this whole thing was right. like. Like, you, if, if you were only ever allowed to build your own ending mechanics for a movie, then <laughs> there'd be a lot of fucking shitty movies out there. And frankly, this mechanic works very well in this movie and in The Village. Right. Okay. So, I mean, that's like the main things we need to talk about. But there's a couple points that I wanted to bring up of just 
notable moments in the movie. <clears throat> yeah. One was like, and there's, uh, I guess one of the things we could do is she's like She's so pretty. Oh, God damn. She's you know, the prettiest person I've ever seen. I'm sorry, wife. Yeah. But, oh my God. Yeah. Every every movie I see her in, she hasn't been in like some any huge leading role. She's Dude. usually like a like a supporting character. Janelle in Moonlight is oh my god! Yeah, it's, I, I fell. I, I've never fallen in in love so quickly with a person uh, as I did with Janelle in Moonlight. She was, yeah. and then I saw her in a um, wonder. Like her character was beautiful, mm-hmm. and her, her her just looking at her was wonderful, and just she was just a, just a ray, like God's rays coming down from the clouds. Uh-huh. Beautiful. And then she was in like um, Hidden Numbers, the the movie about the um, the black women that were calculators for the oh. NASA program. Oh yes, that's right. That was a good movie. And like. Just it's so distracting because you got like wow all these like really good looking Hollywood people then boom <gasps> Janelle Monet just like holy shit you're so good then that's that's kind of how life is too you know you'd be walking along you know down the street and then like you'll look up and you'd be like oh my god she's so pretty oh she's so hot she's so hot she's turning me into a sexist. That bitch, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And there's um, there's a scene where she's doing yoga, and I wouldn't mind in more what? more yoga pants. Oh, in this movie, in this movie, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so there's um, yeah, she's a gorgeous woman. Okay, the other th- there's a couple of scenes, a couple of things where it like gives a hint that something's not right. One of the anachronistic things is the is the 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 man that in the beginning of the movie was involved in the um, escape where where a woman died, and then it shows him later, and he's in the field, and he like just says cracker, cracker, this one, cracker. one guy, and like is confronted by the plantation owner, and then he leaves, and he's cracker ass cracker. Yeah. So it's like this is not that's not a phrase that they would use back then. So. So it was anachronistic, but it's like, it makes sense. Here's a a question for you. Is there any name that someone can call you or any word that someone can say that will, about you, like put put a label on you, like the N word? You know, is there, is there, is there some sort of equivalent that someone can say? Because I think I finally understand what white privilege is. Okay. It's not having any word on earth that you can say to me. Other than, other than something that's actually true about me. Right. You know, like, sometimes you lack empathy for people. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I'd be like, hey, fuck, fuck you. (laughs) You know, like, like, you can't, you can't say, you can't, like, be like, you dumb idiot. And I'd be like, okay. All right. That's yeah. what you got. Okay. Like, I'm not. I'm not an idiot. Uh, you cracker, and I'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I like crackers. I am a cracker. <laughs> I am indeed those things. Right. It's like you can't. You can't hurt me with any right. of that. Um, the other one. You'd have to say something true about me. 
All right. You, you so, eat too much after dinner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> be like, no! They're like, you pet fat piece of shit, and be like, oh, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> you got me dead to right, sir. Yeah. Bravo. <laughs> um. Okay, so now this is the other um observation that's going to make me super sexist and and uh, a bad person, but. Out of all the scenes that could have taken me out of the movie, yes. there was one. Uh huh. All right. So Gabourey Sidibe is in this movie as like this is the girl who played Precious. Yeah, the lovable, like super charismatic friend that she has that has like all the in jokes, and they go out. She's as, a very she's the most one dimensional character in this movie, aside from the racist white people. Right. She is. She is fun-loving and wants to fuck. Yeah. Like, that's her character in this movie. And uh, she just really wants to get laid tonight, and she wants Janelle Monet to be her wingman, which is possibly the worst idea in the world. <laughs> that's going to backfire you on, on you a lot. A lot. You could, you could put... You could put Charlize Theron next to Janelle right. and, and have Janelle be her wingman, and it would not work well yeah. for Charlize. Yeah, Charlize would be like... If Charlize Theron, Janelle Monet, and me were at a table, and Charlize Theron was like hitting on me, I'd be like, "Why don't you shut up, bitch?" I'm like, <laughs> kind of ruined the vibe here. <laughs> so the and then there's this other like really attractive white woman that's the only non-racist in the film right. that's white. Yeah. Um, and so they go out to dinner as a couple of gals, and. There's a guy from across a restaurant restaurant that like sends them some drinks, a drink, a drink. He doesn't want to send drinks to the table because he doesn't want the other girls to think he's interested in them. Yeah. He wants to pick out. Yes. Gabaret. Sidibay. Sidibay. He's like, hey, and <laughs> he is not. He's no schlub. He's a he's a fucking studly man. Yeah. And they're talking about how hot he is. And so, OK, I get it. Like, no body shaming. Like, I, 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 nothing discouraging Gabrielle Sidibe. I think she's a beautiful woman. I think she's super charismatic and a fun person. All the excuses, here we are. Within, yes. like, this movie and within real life in interviews. But there's no fucking way. There is no universe in which there's a table with Janelle Monet. <laughs> Another attractive woman, and then still attractive, but Gabourey Sidibe sitting at the table. I love seeing you, and they're ha have to have having to maneuver your way through all these. Well, I recognize the hypocrisy here, like, and that's that's like you know, game knows game. Like, I'm I'm super obese, and it's like no one's gonna. If there was Brad Pitt and me and like you at the table, and some like hot woman is gonna hit on one of us. I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate there's, again. Even if I'm super charismatic, the life of the party in this room, there's no woman, and women are better at this, at not judging for looks. There's no woman that would choose me to send a drink to. I'm gonna play it's devil's advocate on you on you on this. All right. So, ooh, I don't know what this says about me, but uh, like if you think about it. <laughs> The, That's so interesting. The real game here mm. is 
Okay, now, these aren't commentary. This is a totally separate situation. I'm setting up a situation that is not within this movie. It okay. is, is a situation at a bar in your local town. Uh-huh. You got an uggo, uh-huh. and you got a good-looking guy or gal. You know, whichever sex you are, and you're, or, you know, whatever you're attracted to. Okay, so, here's your game. Here's your real game. You hit on the uggo. Hmm. Because... That makes you look like a stellar individual. And how can you hit on the good-looking one? It, they're so far above you. So, either way, you walk out of there with some punani. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. but there's a much higher chance that you've just shown your... You, you know, you've, you've just raised your, your moral and ethical value into, into the stratosphere. And both of these women are interested in yes. you. And maybe you set up a three way. It's a, yes, this is a moral and em- moral and ethical problem to pick obese women. So, I mean, the, the argument to make, which is one you're making is like picking who's down to fuck and definitely Gabrielle Sidibe is the most down to fuck at that table. In the movie, yeah. And, I mean, you could also say, like, Janelle Monet probably has her wedding wedding ring on. Right. But, still. (laughs) I mean, am I crazy? I think... Is this not... I think think if you had had better game, you would realize. There are limits to my suspension of disbelief, is what I'm saying. I think think this this is a true player playing his cards right. Yeah, it sounds like a real simp move, though, is what the kids would say. Yeah, like, but... I don't, I don't... I can't actually go after the extremely attractive woman, like... But maybe I can ingratiate myself to to them by going after their... Yeah, that's a real simp move. Yeah, but, uh, you know, people do things that work. And then the other thing is, well, that would be true if... Because the other option is you go and directly hit on a woman who's married, probably has her wedding ring on, and definitely get turned down. Because, because number one, she's the prettiest woman probably on earth, uh, and uh, and you you come off as, you know, as full of yourself. Right, but... All of these, all of these points are valid if the guy isn't absolutely gorgeous, which this guy was. <laughs> like everyone at the table agreed that this guy was one of the most attractive people they've ever seen. Yeah, but he has an insurmountable, uh, an insurmountable goal or uh, an unachievable goal in front of him, which is she's married. So how do you, how do you jump that hurdle? Well, well, number one, you're you'd be extremely oh. good looking. Mm. End of list. No, that's. I think. I think wrong. I think that's. Uh, I think that's oversimplifying things. Sure. I, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. Bryce. And then the other thing that stood out that I have to bring up is that song that they play in the uh, in the cab when Janelle is getting kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Leatherette. Warm. Leatherette. Just like a super, like, techno. Leatherette. Warm. Leatherette. Just like what they would play on Sprockets and SNL. That's an old callback. Anyway. Welcome to Sprocket. Uh, all right. Well, that's like the, the I just wanted to be really, uh, you know, objectified Gabrielle Sidibe for a second there. So I'm all done. She's so pretty.
Yeah. Oh wait, all of them are. Pretty. I thought we were talking about Janelle again. I can't. I can't stop thinking about Janelle. No, Gabourey is beautiful as well. Also, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's like standing next to the sun. Yeah, you're not gonna get. Seen. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Okay, so final recommendations for Antebellum. Like, is this okay? I guess the the first question is, is it worth renting for twenty dollars? In my opinion, yes. Yeah? Yeah, I I liked it. My wife was excited to watch it, um, and then she promptly fell asleep, uh-huh. as she does. But that's, I mean, that's... Par for the course. Well, that's not only par for the course, but also, um, you know, I mean, I think this is a movie that will appeal to a very wide spectrum of audiences. This isn't hereditary, where half the people who watch it are going to be so put off by the just pure disturbing nature of the whole thing. And and there are social commentaries within this that are that are while while they are a bit ham-handed, they are um you know they're valuable and important to to at least recognize or realize. Right. Yeah, I mean that's it's a very the the technique is like to juxtapose these two realities and uh show how horrifying they are which they do yeah, well. Yeah. They do. Um, I have, you think it's worth paying? I have less faith in humanity (laughs) in that. And even just looking at the reviews, like, I feel like there's going to be, since everything's overly politicized at all times, there's going to be people that are like, Oh, stupid woke movie, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, okay. Just can't, some people can't appreciate a thing for what it is. Yeah. I appreciate this movie for what it is. Um, And it is pretty good at what it does yeah i appreciate it for what it is i it's right down the middle for me just it was disappointing and and i'm not trying to like score it based on what i my expectations versus what the what it was like i'm not including that in the score or recommendation mostly it's just like in terms of like storytelling and like filmmaking and character stuff there's just not they don't do that much with it. Yeah. Like it, in terms of a film. One of the things that, yeah, there, there's a couple different ways they could have done it, but that might have been better. But it's it's fine. I would not pay $20 to rent it. I wouldn't say go out and watch it right now um, unless you want to support, like, these types of movies, which are worth supporting. But uh, What does that mean, these types of movies? Well, I mean, just kind of like a different horror I mean, it's not a slasher. Yeah. It's like an innovative innovative concept. It's along the lines of, like, um, social commentary yeah. that no, is, like, it. really kind of developing the genre and stuff. Like, that's that's good and supportable. But if you're, if you're like, just looking at the baseline, is this worth renting as a $20 horror movie versus, like, something you haven't already seen on Netflix that you know is going to be good? I would probably favor Netflix. Um, and this will, I, I I mean, horror movies have a pretty quick turnaround. This will be on streaming pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like within a month and a half, this will probably be on Amazon Prime or Netflix or something for it, at the very least, for like five bucks. Yeah. I agree. So would you recommend, so you say no, don't, don't spend your 20 bucks. I recommend seeing the movie. I recommend the movie. Don't spend 20 bucks. I don't recommend spending 20 bucks. I I would wait. I do. Just a little bit. 
Okay, so that's our review. Let's head into taglines. Okay, Taglines is a game where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we're reviewing. Yay! I got four. I got like three or four. I'll go first. Okay. Because I don't want you to steal this from me. Okay. The Village, Woke Edition. Okay. This is uh, Antebellum. The Village, Woke Edition. There you go. So these, yeah, so these taglines are meant to be fun, funny, stupid, and yeah, all these kinds of things. So I achieved that. There you go. Antebellum. 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 If you're not furbellum, you're antebellum. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> uh, antebellum. Fuck Whitey. <laughs> antebellum. Hey, gorgeous. No, not you, bitch. You're much fatter, Fred. <laughs> You're much, much fatter, Fred. Sorry. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> antebellum. Burn Whitey until his skin flays. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Do you remember that part? They burnt that dude. Burn him all up. <laughs> antebellum. Turns out we didn't solve racism. Uh-uh. Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually happening mm-hmm. in a field in, like, uh, Virginia, I guess, mm-hmm. maybe. I... Uh, the, uh, antebellum. I keep almost calling this the village. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm like, the antebellum. I am Whitey. <laughs> yeah, my last one. Antebellum. M. Night Shyamalan's Get Out. <laughs> Dude, guns, guns don't work this way. So in the, in the ending chase scene, when he's running through the forest and he's shooting his gun at her, he's like, pow, pow, pow. Pow, 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 pow. And it's a revolver? I was like, what's happening? See, I thought, I didn't think it was a revolver. I thought it was like showing that he actually had like a modern gun that had a clip. I couldn't see it was kind of dark. But then also, also then once the movie revealed itself to be like modern times, I was like, oh, he was firing blanks at her. Because... You're not going to have a recreation field with a bunch of real guns. Oh, sure. Kill all your extras. But they did, though. In the plantation, they killed someone with a gun. And that was the first scene. Yes, but... <laughs> but you don't... I mean, when you're reenacting the Civil War, you got to have a bunch of blanks. Sure. Um, okay, let's go on to... Next segment for a horror movie. Hoa. 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 Hoa's. Hoa's. Hoa. I have, uh, I have one here from our boy. So, uh, the number. What is the number? Mm. Do you have the number? It is six, eight, two. Two, five, three. Four, four, six, six eight. eight. So if you call that, you can leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think about the show. Tell us how bad we smell. Um, that Bryce is a racist and a sexist. Um, I definitely expect to hear a lot of those. Uh, so yeah, um, I have our first one. This is from 
our old number, you guys got to, you know, update your number. We do have a new number. I'm sorry that, you know, it's hard for you, but uh-huh. this is our boy. This is a Patreon member. This is Jackal, Jackal, Jackal. Is this Jackal? Jackal. Hey, this is Jackal from Kansas once again. Uh, I got multiple points in this one. I'm going to make it succinct. Number one, Hannibal. Y'all both, give it another shot. You know what? Bryce, uh, start episode two. It's scarring. It's beautiful. The the writers, they must have had to gone through therapy for uh, the creative macabre bullshit they came up with. Uh, point number two, uh, Aliens, a horror movie. Um, seven's out for discussion. Um, point number three, I hope you babies are doing good. Uh, I know shit's rough out there on the West Coast. I don't have any coast to worry about. Uh, it's more or less boring. I have to worry about tornadoes. They aren't out right now. But I, I hope y'all are are doing good. Change your air filters. You know what? Uh, wear some N95s. Um, I, I hope y'all are doing okay. Have a good time with it, you know. Uh, talk to you later. Thank you, Jackal. Thanks, Jackal. Yeah, so he he says uh, he Give says Hannibal a chance. Yeah, I actually watched several episodes again, and I realize now that I've watched a lot of them because they oh, wow. were very familiar. But I watched them the same way I watched them this time, which was I'm watching them while I'm playing a Civ Five game, and that gets absolutely none of my attention. Oh, really? <laughs> so I don't know. Even upon rewatching it, didn't have my full attention, but honestly, it wasn't gonna, it wasn't really commanding it. I have something against procedurals. Like, there's, there's something about, like, the exposition in procedurals that's just like, literally, okay, let's get this out of the way in the most, like, artificial fashion. We gotta have five people, um, that are each saying a sentence in this paragraph. Yeah, I give this show a pretty good shake. I made it most of the way through the first season and yeah, like I want to like it and I, mm-hmm. and I recognize that it's, it, that it is a, a good show. You know, it's, I mean, it's got solid bones. It's not, it's not really terribly boring, but my attention just wanes pretty heavily on this yeah. on shows in general. You have to be pretty, I don't make it through shows. Well, you know, yeah. I, you're talking to somebody who can't make his way through the wire uh-huh. or, uh, the Sopranos, right. you know, I, I can't, it's hard for me. It's hard. I have a, I have a short attention span. And so it's, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad show. It's just, maybe it's because you're a, <laughs> 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 uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that, that really bothers me is the, is some of the acting. I really hate <laughs> the guy that plays Graham, whatever his name is. Yeah. The affected guy. Yeah. Just so. It, it's so ridiculous to me, and like I don't. I mean, I haven't read the source material. You and I, and I got I, into a fight over why this show is bad. Yeah, an actual fight. We we're like, I was like, it's bad because of this, and you're like, no, it's bad because of this. And I was like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck yeah, guy. Um, yeah, the uh, it's not bad. We just had differing opinions not, on what made it less less good. Yeah, I don't remember Will. Graham, like, being labeled as autistic. 
in the source. I haven't read the original source material, but I, I've seen Red Dragon and Manhunter, and I don't think that was ever a thing. He was just mm. a super competent detective, mm. you know. And then this one, he's like, he's not a detective. He's a he's not in the FBI, but they're using him because he's like a savant. Yeah. At He's a special agent because he can't get in the FBI because they have screening programs to keep people like him out. Yeah, because he's crazy. Crazy. And the only thing you, the only way to catch a rapist is to become a rapist. A rapist. (laughs) (laughs) So the only way to become, to catch a serial killer is to become a serial killer. And it's like, it's this weird artificial thing where they're like, maybe he's going crazy. He's unstable. And like, I don't care about that. The way, and it's like it's so stupid. It's like why do that? It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. And because of that, the acting on it is so over the top to where <laughs> the thing I laugh at is he's he's holding his gun to shoot someone and the guy is so twitchy throughout it that his gun is like he's like huh? Don't make me shoot you. And he's like, within like a foot. Big wiggling. Like square, his his hand is shaking at all times. Yeah, and somehow he manages to pull off a headshot on a guy uh-huh. who has a victim in front of him. Right. And it's like, pistols are very hard to do that with. And so the Will Graham character is way too twitchy, like absurdly twitchy to where it's not even a real person. Yeah. And then... The other one is like Lawrence Fishburne. There's a couple times where he just (laughs) just like absurdly over the top, like angry. Yeah. Like he'll be like, all right, everybody clear the room. I need to talk to Will Graham. Clear the room. What did I just say? He gets really unreasonably angry very quickly. It's just like not even like a one Mississippi. It's like. I mean, they got... Out! Get out! It's like, okay. I mean, they got bags and books. I'm like, hold on a (laughs) second. They got to pack up. Yeah. And then the other thing Jackal mentioned was uh, he hopes we're doing okay out here because uh, at the time when he left the message, it was there was... It was very smoky. There was a lot of fires. And there are still fires, and they will be going until... um, Probably until the end of the season around the middle or end of October. Uh, But... They've died down quite a bit, mm-hmm. and things are getting better. You know, now it's just coronavirus, the election. Um, family deaths. Family deaths. Uh, yeah, a huge political divide that's probably not bridgeable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, now it's just we're down to the normal stuff. So Right. Yeah. We're fine. We're fine. You're doing great. <laughs> You're doing great. Um, okay. Do you have another one on the old one? Or? No, go ahead. Okay, so we got one from... Again, this that is... number is 682-253-4468. Here's one from Max. Hey, this is Max. Bryce, why you got to be so mean to David all the time, huh? If he wants to watch a sci-fi movie and call it horror, let him. If he wants to watch, you know, like a crime movie... Call it horror? Let him. What are you going to say next? Is the live-action Scooby-Doo isn't a horror movie either? Is the live-action Scooby-Doo movie a horror? I feel like this is a trap. Is it? I don't know. Do you think it is? 
Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Max. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know what his credentials are necessarily. Uh huh. He could be, you know, he could be a big movie reviewer, and he mm-hmm. might have, he might have some valid opinions. I don't know. Right. But I didn't hear any of them. I just heard a bunch of hearsay and conjecture. Well, it's just good to it's good to be a caring individual and and let some people be wrong sometimes. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of voicemails from someone doing a voice, and I don't understand a goddamn word that they're saying. Well, this sounds good. Go ahead and play one. So something about a dick and an asshole is what I got. I have all the characteristics of a human (laughs) being. Flesh, blood, skin, hair. But not a single clear identifiable emotion. (laughs) Here's another one. And I got it again, bring the underworld, right? I want to suck on your little titties and save your little shrimp cock. Love it. We love it down here. La, 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 la. Listen, I cannot understand you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, this is an actual one, I think. Hey, good morning, you sexy whore sluts. This is your buddy, John Jonathan A., from Virginia, giving me a call. Just wanted to, to say, had a great time with you guys the other night when we uh, all watched uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space on the Netflix party, even though it took me 20 minutes to figure out how to sync the damn the movies to your guys. I guess that's why they make instructions. Um, anyhow, just wanted to call say, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we love it. And to settle a couple of disputes real fast, mm-hmm. uh, one being that Alien... Is definitely a horror film. And everyone's, um, everyone's going back on to the, the well hand, on these. I don't really consider that one a horror movie. Um, now, if it had had, like, if John Doe had turned out to be, like, the devil or something, like, you know, picture, like, Gabriel Burns' character from End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger, if he had been a serial killer, I would have given it more, like, you know, a horror, I would have given it you know, more of a horror label. Um Anyhow, just finished uh, the the Saul episode, and you guys had mentioned Hannibal. I uh, just want to say, definitely give that a watch. Um, it's crazy. Uh, I was, you know, me and my wife watched it pretty hardcore, and it's like watching Hannibal cook people. And it sounds crazy. Uh, no, he's cooking people, but like, I got stuck in the kitchen. But after like two weeks of watching him, I found myself making a fucking uh, beef Wellington in the kitchen, <laughs> listening to classical music. Like, you know, again, you know, he's, he's, he's cooking people and whatnot, but it increased my culinary prowess. Not to say I'm going to go cooking humans or anything like that, because that's nasty, but yeah, man, give it a shot. Anyway, again, love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing, and talk to you later. Thanks, Jonathan. So another one, going back to uh, Horror or Not with Aliens and Seven. Yeah. And uh, talking about Hannibal, so Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. He sounded pretty sick. He greeted us like, "What's up, you fucking whores?" <laughs> Damn, I kind of like the 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 accent. You know, uh-huh. it's not real heavy duty. I like he says "iffin," "iffin." 
if and you you know what you know what i slip into i slip into you know how there's kind of an accent around here like in the rural areas of like like faux country you know like faux southern accent around here are you familiar with this at all if you get into the rural areas around around you know oregon washington Mm -hmm. you get people with a little bit of a draw yeah you know and i can slip into that like that I'm very quick mm. to to do that, particularly if I'm talking to certain people who I know will be, um, it will take to that. You know, they'll, yeah. it, who it will it will sit better with them if I talk that way instead of really like succinctly. Yeah, I I don't know why. I my wife says that Washington and Oregon have an accent, and I just can't. I mean, I guess you can't hear it if you're speaking it, but I don't think that they have anywhere near an accent as like even like utah well i mean they have an accent to somebody right but i mean in terms of like if 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 the thing that you're uh you're basing it off of is like the newscaster voice that we speak the newscaster voice the american newscaster voice which is like quote unquote american english you know sure um yeah. with with no affect i like it when people that are out in the boonies and or even just like the people that are like living battleground, which is just, this is what I'm talking about. Just barely is, out. Yes. And they're like, they have the drawl, like, just feels really affected to me. They're like, I really like country music. And so I'm going to talk like this. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, people do that all the time. Right. You know, for all kinds of different things. They yeah. I guess if you're, they are based on what they like and. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to, and and you're just not you're just not paying to attention to the things in your life that you like let <laughs> right. slip into your own shit. Right, right. Um, this one's from Elizabeth. Hey guys, it's Elizabeth with an S. I'm calling from all the way on the other side of the country, the East Coast. Um, I just want to say I absolutely love you guys. I there are times when I'm just sitting in my car and I just bust out laughing. I mean, you guys make my Wednesday. Um. I'm basically a traveling salesman, so I have nothing better to do than listen to your podcast. But, I mean, that's okay because you guys are pretty awesome. Anyway, my question today for you guys is, um, is there any kind of, like, horror movie where you have wanted to research on the Internet um, more about that movie? Has there really been a movie that's intrigued you uh, a lot? Um, for me, for example, um, I really liked It Chapter 1 a lot. I really liked the lore between uh, Pennywise and... Honestly, I've never read the book. I've I've tried. It's it's a very long book. Stephen King puts a lot of detail into his book, if not too much. So, you know, I researched a little bit about his lore, and I just I really liked learning about him because I thought he was a cool character. So, I just wanted to know if you guys did the same with any horror movie like that. So, thanks, guys. Bye bye. That's a great question. What are the horror movies that make you like actually go and do research? I think for me, it's not research. I'd like to go to the source material. Like, there's a couple that I've... The two that I can think of right now is, like... The Exorcist. The Exorcist, I just bought the book and read it, and that was, like... It's the exact same as the movie. It's, like, not even... The only thing... I mean, the movie's better to me. Yeah. Just because of... um, Yeah. Ellen Burstyn. For me, that holds true of Akira. Um, Akira uh, is one of these movies that... I've watched ever since I was a little kid and just been like, what the fuck is this? What is this? And I bought, 
I bought a gigantic 6,000-page 35th anniversary edition of the manga for Akira. It's the only manga I've ever bought. And I read it all the way through, and I was still like, I don't have any idea what any of this means. <laughs> so it was very unfulfilling, but... That yeah, that's a, that's an example um, of, of me having to go to the source material to figure out what the fuck is going on. The other one that I went to the source material was um, with The Walking Dead. I think I started the first season or two, and then I went. Comics and watched, are much better. Read the comics. Yeah, the comics were better, especially like they take move on move along at a pretty quick clip yes. compared to. The Walking Dead, which like really, especially like the second season, they're like, all right, we're. Which We're why your source down. material? There is so many of those Walking Dead comics. Like there right. is no shortage of these. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Um, right. So why not just pick it up? Yeah. For me, uh, I can actually relate a hundred percent to that question. The movies that get me to do research, uh, the ones that w- w- always intri- pique my interest so heavily that I have to look into them are demonic possession movies. Um, so we're talking about paranormal activity. Um, we're talking about hereditary with Payman. Uh, we're talking about the exorcist with Pazuzu. Really? So you look at back the background of the demon every time, every huh. time I'm like, I'm like, okay, Beelzebub, which one he's the fly God or uh-huh. whatever it is, you know, or, you know, um, Baphomet or Belial. Huh. Um, yeah, I, I, I get into the demons every time that sucks me in every time I hear about a demon and you, Oh, it's, it's attached to the person. It's not attached to the place. And I'm like, mm. Oh my God, that's the scariest concept ever. I thought I thought you would have mentioned aliens and predator. Oh, alien for sure is another. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Well, the, that's a great universe. Um, it goes deep, and uh, and yeah, and then the predator, <laughs> how predator and predator two call back to alien and tie into it is pretty pretty cool as well. And I've always enjoyed those comics. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, I'm calling back. From the underworld. I just finished the picture of the saw one. It fucking sucked. Give me that daddy dick, David. I just want to say you guys are pieces of shit. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one from uh, one of our favorites, See No Evil in Cleveland. Hey, See No Evil in Cleveland. Hey, Dave, Bryce, everybody. So. Bryce, I just wanted to touch on something you had mentioned when you guys were reviewing Finster. You had said something about how did I know about the movies being dark? Because I I had mentioned to Dave that I didn't like any of the Batman movies because they were dark and Sinister was also dark. And how would I know if I would like it or not? Well, I've only been blind for a couple years. So... When the Batman movies came out, I saw those. I had vision at the theater, and I saw them, and I didn't like any of them. And I figured if Sinister were dark, then I would probably feel the same way about that. So just in case you were wondering, there you go. Um, So I wanted to get your opinion, both of you, on sex scenes in horror movies. I personally think they're ridiculous. Um, so you got some maniac chasing, uh, a couple, uh, with a chainsaw or 
or some kind of a axe or whatever. And so the two run and they find a hiding place temporarily so they can catch their breath and dude looks at her and goes, So you wanna you wanna do it? And I'm thinking negative hell no I'm, I'm trying to stay alive do it that is, well, I don't want to come and go at the same time Are you kidding me I mean what oh my god what's the point I don't I don't get sex scenes in horror movies you know it just it just doesn't make sense to me it's because you're not I mean guy. nudity is fine but to stop and actually have sexual intercourse you know while you're in the process of trying to remain alive uh mm-mm I, I just don't get it, and I just want to know what your what your opinion was on that. Thumbs up, thumbs down on sex scenes and horror movies. It's very simple. My yeah. answer is. Can I see one today? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing she said, it it, it rings true for women. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, like true I, of I'm most... I'm worried. I can't... I have a headache. I'm tired. I'm worried. There's a serial killer after us. It's like, okay, bitch, but can we just... Can we just do it real quick? Like, yeah, it's I not mean, going to take me a long time. I mean, all I need is like 40 seconds. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even then, I mean, you could throw it back a little bit and cut that down in half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's Show true. Of enthusiasm that's, and that's true of like most sex scenes in all movies. Really, it's pretty arbitrary, and it's like, well, wait a minute. And you see like these like sex scenes in action movies, and they just like they haven't showered for three days, and they just crawled through like a tunnel of shit, and they're like, "Hey, baby, ah, <laughs> uh, that's me. Like, I could do that." <laughs> Dude, okay, so There's, I have a I have a good. Story. I mean, yeah. the The answer is like for men, the, we're always game. Always, always game, especially for some strange. Just yeah. like the circumstances in which we would say, like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> like that's the extreme scenario. Yeah. Yeah, there's like, a few circumstances I can think of. Like you just had major surgery, or it's really cold. If it's very very cold, it would be hard to do. No, that's not, no problem. See, I couldn't. I couldn't do no it. No problem it. for me. I couldn't do it if it was really cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I get your point. And, you know, uh, but also, you know, just show me one titty. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, it's impressive to me that uh, that we could be so different. You know, oh, I have a story for you. So I used to, I used to fight wildland fires for a long, long time. And, uh, and the thing about wild, fighting wildland fires, not a lot of showers and a lot, a lot of 16 hour days where you're just out there just doing physical labor and you're getting really stinky and sweaty and smelly and you're, you're covered in ash and soot and you uh -huh. go to bed and you sleep in that, you know, in a, mm -hmm. in a, sleeping bag and so it's so like boy scout camp 30 days sometimes of no shower and i had this this uh friend who i fought fire with and he was married uh, as was i i believe at the time and um and he's like oh man are you ready you know when we'd get rolling home he'd be like are you ready to get some some of that oh yeah you ready ready to get 
get, 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 fucked. get sexual intercourse. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm excited, but uh, she, I gotta probably gonna have to take it. She's like, he's like, oh no, dude, I get back and I smell like, you know, I smell like hell and that just turns her on. I was so jealous. I was like, I want somebody to feel that way about me. Yeah. And my wife would just be like, oh, you smell like the devil's asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, I mean, there's there's people that literally get off on swimming and shit. So, I mean, anything goes for the for some people. I think it's a musty man thing. You know, it's like you got to be into that yeah. super musty man idea scent. Yeah. yeah anyway. If you're just like your favorite thing is shoving your face into your your boy's balls mm. and getting a big old whiff, then like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Data that's, firefighter. That's hot stuff. Here's another one. Hey, hey, Bryce. See no evil in Cleveland. So, I wanted to touch uh, base about a question I think you guys talked about maybe three podcasts ago about um, what would be your get-out-of-the-house moment. You know, I think arachnophobia was one of them, and um, Amityville Horror was another one. So I want to take it to uh, another level. So my question is, what would be your get-the-hell-out-of-dodge moment? So for me, um, let's look at 28 days later, Okay. So the guy wakes up out of a coma, he's looking around, there's no doctors, nurses, no other patients, nobody. Wanders outside, there's no people, no traffic, no animals, nothing. Cars are abandoned, doors open. And he's walking around going, hello, 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 hello. Yeah, that's not a good idea to do. And I think he finally wanders in a church and uh, starts going, hello, hello. And a couple of goons wake up and the, the priest is gyrating and shaking and looking all crazy, walking toward him. Yeah, see, that's, that's a raise the hair on the back of your neck moment. And uh, that's when you go and find one of those abandoned cars, make sure it's got gas in it. And get the hell out of Dodge until you can figure out what the hell is going on. You know? Um, I mean, picture yourself in that situation. You wake up. You can't find your family, your friends, your neighbors. Cars are abandoned all over the place. Nothing. I mean, really? Are you going to try to find people? Or are you going to say, you know what? I got to get the hell out of Dodge until I can figure out what the hell is going on. So, what do you do? Peace out. We do ask that you keep your messages to a minute in length. Thank you. I should change the voicemail message to include that, because I don't think I did that on mine. I thought I did that. Well, you did on yours, but I no, said it this one. Oh, I said it on this one, too. Oh, you did? Yeah, I thought so. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so, well, I mean, for you, it's like right now. <laughs> Isn't that political unrest? Yeah, yeah, I was actually going to say that. I was going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, sociopolitical unrest. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes me extremely nervous, and I don't like it. And uh, 
I mean, uh, I I have a, what a lot of people I think consider to be a silly opinion, uh, but I I think it's a very um, well based opinion. Um, I don't know. All I have to do is point to places like uh, Turkey and Bosnia and Kosovo and Israel and all kinds of places that are that are very civilized places or were just not so not so long ago and all it takes is for society to collapse is a few essentials not being there for a couple of days and then you know if if people can't get water uh for 24 to 48 hours um your next door neighbor is the scariest thing you can possibly imagine and um and do you have a bathtub full of water Hey, that's mine now. That kind of thing. Hmm. And so, and there is not very much standing in the way of these kinds of things happening. There's a lot of very, very complicated systems like the electrical grid that we take so totally for granted that you can't possibly begin to understand how for granted you take it. They're complex. They take many people thousands of hours a day just to keep up and running and all it takes is a couple of those cards falling down for it to for it to all kind of collapse and it happens not infrequently on earth and to think that we're uh that we in the u.s are immune to that somehow i think is is foolish so that's scary to me those are the these are the get out of dodge scenarios for me Right. Yeah, I mean I I get it. Those that's always a situation that could happen. For me, I think like the get out of dodge thing is like, well, first I got to have somewhere to go and I don't know where I would go that would be more safe, you know? Sure. Like you if I had like a cabin up in the woods or I knew someone that had a cabin that would accept me. Yeah, you got to take it on the road for sure. Then then yeah, but if not, like I can't imagine it'd be more safe than my own house. Mm. I mean, people are the are the X factor to me. Yeah, yeah. I I just want to get away from from people. Yeah, get in sure. your get in your car, get to somewhere. There's no people, which is a, probably a tall order. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next one. Just two more. They're both about a minute. Hey, that's me again, Manny again. I just, I'm, I'm currently watching your Salt episode and like, I just need to call you guys because, you know, I just love the guys' episodes and everything like that. And the other episode, I was just looking, you know, just like, I was going to, I was to get some food during lunch break, so I was just like rushing and everything. So, yeah, um, this, I love your episode. This is so far, this is, I was laughing the whole time. I just like this episode a lot. I just like how, you know, you said that when you guys said that, it looks like Blade Runner outside, and it kind of does from the second one, I think, because I haven't seen those movies I really need to. And also, it's about the whole, like, you know, I like to respect these guys, and, you know, calling David by his real name is, like, respectful, because if I just say, oh, one of you guys, I feel like it wouldn't feel right, because if I'm really, like, a really horror movie talks fan, I would know your guys' name, at least, because you guys always drop it all the time, so wouldn't be that hard and plus I love how David starts laughing when I said oh yeah he comes like Brian he just starts laughing but keep up the good content guys and I love you guys and keep going with the horror <laughs> thanks Manny <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand half of that uh, he was, he was lo- listening to our Saw episode and he liked it 
<laughs> and something about not getting my name right. He called me Brian the last I've been time. T- I've been talking to Manny basically all week on Instagram. Yeah. He's like, I got some Predator action figures for you. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Where'd you get those? He's like, Target. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't like shop ever. Yeah. Ever. I, my car has had a flat tire and the battery <laughs> is like dead now. Like dead, dead. And I haven't, I haven't stepped foot in that car for months, three months. Yeah. Cause I never, I never leave. Wow. That's insane. I take my van. I take the van maybe like once every two weeks to do like an errand. Yeah. You go over to mom's house. Yeah. But that's like as a family, yeah. like for me personally, yeah. needing a car, this is revealed that I do not need a car. You know, this, this whole, all the things happening right now in 2020, my recent release has just been getting in the car and just fucking driving, uh-huh. just driving and driving and driving, driving to Eastern Washington and back driving. All right. Yeah. It's just, it helps cause I'm doing something, you know, hmm. it's, um, um, last one from Jason. Hey, it's Jason. I just kind of wanted to ask you guys a question. What would be your favorite, uh, creepy pasta? You know, cause like aside from horror films, I really love a good, like, like scary story or overanalyzation of anything. Uh, personally for me, if I had to say one, It'd be a cross between the creepy reality show where they're feeding uh, the reality contestants uh, human flesh, and slowly you just they see them turning feral. Uh, that, and I, I guess the Slenderman, the original Slenderman, has like a place in my heart because that is one creepy pasta that scared the living shit out of me as a teenager. Like to hear your answers. There's two that come up come to mind for me, and I think the the important element for me for a creepy pasta to be effective is it has to be inordinately long, like it has to be way too long, and I have to read it at like two two a.m. in the morning, mm. to where it's like I'm so tired, but I can't stop reading this overly long, like lead on sentence of a creepy pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was, I don't even remember what the name of it was, but it was a cave one where the, they, oh, it's yeah. got like, like yeah. actual pictures yes. and they're talking yes. about like leading down a cave and weird stuff starts happening and they start like, you hear, you read all like the journal entries that and stuff. That one was and, fabulous. And there's like a, basically like a portal to hell kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that one's great. Yeah, it was great. Because it's genuinely off-putting just from like, yeah, it's really hard to get through this cave and through these holes in the rock. And I had to, you know, contort and all this stuff. And you're like, just really gets this claustrophobic feel before it starts even going yeah. down the creepypasta path. And then the other one was a comic where this one probably wasn't that long, but talks about it shows these uh, cliff walls and it has these like holes in the cliff walls of like these weirdly elongated, like exaggerated human forms coming out of the rock face. Yeah, and then on the, on the backside, yeah. it also has holes, but it's 
just like the inverse, the shape of a normal human body. Uh, and then it shows like, it's actually the perfect shape for like certain people. So certain people will walk up into it and be like, wow, I fit perfectly in this. And then they like walk into it and they realize that it's like, oh, if I just kind of like shimmy, it'll push me along because it's got like kind of the, the, uh, go in, not out the barbed, you know, kind of semi barbed walls where like you'll be able to go forward, but not back. Right. And then it (laughs) just over time of like, but it slowly starts changing the shape of the hole. And then you realize at the end that it's the elongated holes on the other side are the end point for the people that went in. And so it just shows us like horrifying, like distorted, like hell. Wiggly wobbly guy. Yeah. Yeah, For me, it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, never, never read a lot of, a lot of, uh, creepypasta but i would have to be scp Hmm. um just because that's a huge rabbit hole to fall down those and i believe it was born of cabin in the woods um is is, or i think it was before that did cabin in the woods get spawned from scp i think so i don't know uh but i tell you that's it's interesting stuff all these different monsters and uh, (laughs) all with their own unique like world ending capabilities and (laughs) Yeah, and and uh, classifications. That's all kind of kind of neat, and 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 the the illusion that it's real, right? All right. So that is horror movie talk. Thank you so much for listening today. Please go to our website horrormovietalk.com, dot com and uh, find your own unique way to support us, um, if you please. And uh, if you like the show and you haven't already, leave us a. Uh, rating and and uh, maybe even a review on Apple Podcasts, and that really helps us out in the the rankings on that platform. Um, and um, stay tuned for for horror movie talk giveaways for the month of October, and or maybe giveaway, maybe um, for the Undecided. month of October, and our next Netflix party, which will be the second Saturday of October. So check out our Facebook group and and uh, you'll see updates there. We love you very much. Bye. Bye. Did great. Did great.